front page headline, Ron DeSantis's The Future of the Republican Party, as jo- Jonah Goldberg set up on CNN, representing the Republican side of things, he is the head of the Republican Party now, Ron DeSantis. I think that might be a little premature. There's a there's a there's an orange man from New York who has a well, actually from Florida who has a say in that also. If I'm going to go with the more negative spin, though, I was just watching a little Fox News coverage in the lunchroom and their host saying we've got the worst inflation in 40 years. We've got the worst crime in 40 years. We have the worst border ever. And the Republicans couldn't get over. Yeah, this is well this said. is a referendum on the Republican Party. The Fox host said. Let's chat about this and more with Sarah Westwood, an investigative reporter for the Washington Examiner, previously the White House reporter for CNN. Sarah, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. We will give you free reign over our radio show. What are your takeaways? What are your impressions from last night? (laughs) That's a lot of pressure, but thank you. (laughs) You know, I, I think Republicans had raised expectations to an unrealistic level before the election. And I think some of the choices that the Republican campaign arms made in the run-up to the election are going to be second-guessed. I mean, if you look at, for example, the super PAC connected to House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, that group, Congressional Leadership Fund, was spending millions of dollars in districts that ultimately didn't even come close, in districts in Oregon in Washington state, you know, big reaches for Republicans and not shoring up the winnable districts that ended up being very close, but many of them broke for Democrats. So I think there was sort of an irrational optimism among Republicans because the landscape looked so bad for Democrats. But in the end, Joe Biden was not the polarizing figure that Donald Trump was. And so even dissatisfied Mm. voters went into the poll box and uh, the ballot box and didn't necessarily cast a vote purely against Joe Biden. So his unpopularity wasn't the type of drag that I think a lot of analysts expected. And, of course, we, we answered the question of can you be a doctor who sells fake diet pills, move to a different state and try to become a U.S. senator? So that question has finally been answered, uh, the age-old question. <laughs> can you be a quack doctor from a different state and become a senator? He lost to a stroke victim! Good Lord. Well, and a guy who's never held a real job. Yeah. I don't, if you wanted to look at the Fetterman Oz race, Sarah, or a number of different races around the country, what about the Republican senatorial candidates? So there's, you know, been a lot of talk about candidate quality, and I think that the Pennsylvania race is a perfect example. Dr. Oz didn't have a lot of credibility on the issues that mattered the most to voters this cycle, right? They cared about inflation. They cared about crime. And Dr. Oz was a television doctor, so he wasn't able to speak to the issues most important to voters. And that's sort of the same problem that, you know, Herschel Walker in Georgia had. Sure, he had celebrity, he had charisma, but what credibility did he really have to be talking about keeping the streets safe and keeping inflation down? Democrats have a lot of message discipline in both of those races, even though John Fetterman was an exceptionally weak candidate and, and he was beatable. And, and so was Raphael Warnock in Georgia. And, you know, you, you can go down the line, down through House races. There were a number of other uh, races that were winnable for Republicans, like in Virginia, the race in Northern Virginia against Abigail Spanberger and Yesley Vega. Yesley Vega had a big controversy saying something kind of like if you remember Todd Aiken in the Missouri Senate race said about women's bodies can't get pregnant if they're raped you know 
candidates that weren't vetted or that weren't ready for prime time were put up in these key races. And Republicans sort of thought that that would be overlooked because of concerns about the economy. And it wasn't. Okay, I have another essay type question for you. But before we get there, let's let's not leap past the headlines. It looks, correct me if I'm wrong, like the Republicans will take the House of Representatives. How likely is that and by how many seats do you think? Right now, it it does look that way, but it just looks to be like a handful at this point. And the races outstanding are really, really close. So that doesn't exactly give Republicans a big mandate. And, you know, it makes it so that any vacancies that occur in the House are going to be big marquee events over the next two years, right? So that's going to be stressful for Washington. Uh, In the Senate, you know, there's still an outside chance that Republicans can take the Senate. The Republicans are looking really good in Nevada with Adam Laxalt running ahead of Catherine Cortez Basto. That'll be a pickup opportunity that would essentially cancel out the Fetterman win and control of the Senate could come down once again to a Georgia runoff, which I believe would be December 6th. So just a few more weeks until we've learned the outcome. So all is not lost for Republicans, but you know, conceptually, politically, it was a bad night. And even if they pull out very narrow majorities, this won't be considered a good midterm. History won't remember this as a good midterm. It definitely was not a good midterm for the Republicans. But if you're going to pick out the the best thing, which I already mentioned earlier, is the Republicans have a new rock star. I mean, he was a rock star before last night, but now he's an ultra super rock star in Ron DeSantis. And let me let me throw this in as well, Sarah. The email to the Armstrong and Getty show has been running astonishingly toward Trump has to go practically universally, which was uh, as surprising to to me and Jack as anybody. Um, feel free to you know throw that into your answer. What about DeSantis's rise? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the other huge element of this of of what these results tell us is that Donald Trump. I think was a drag on a number of candidates who didn't have brands independent of him. Right. And, or candidates who were associated very, very closely with him for Republican candidates who were not, who were seen as independent of him. They did very well. Ron DeSantis is a great example of that. I mean, he ran up historic margins in his state, sort of solidified his position as the head of the party. I think that, Trump's negative effect on the party's prospects has been something that's sort of been whispered about with more frequency in Republican circles. And I wonder if this result will make people start saying it out loud, because at this point, what cost will Republicans have for advocating that Trump step off the stage? I mean, before there was a fear that voters would punish any Republican who said that out loud. This election is clear evidence that that's not the case. I don't think that Republicans will be punished if they start to say it's time for a new leader to emerge. So maybe some of that fear of speaking out against Trump will be removed from elected Republicans and they can start, you know, moving the party in a direction away from him. I mean, keep in mind that, you know, the Christmas after the midterm elections, once we get through the holidays, basically the presidential race will start. And so it's time to start having those conversations now. Well, right, including on the other side, where a lot of the belief was if the Republicans have a giant night, that gives a lot of Democrats the power to say, look, Joe Biden, you got to go. You're a drag on the party. But you can't make that argument now. So where does that leave us? That could ultimately end up if there's if there's a very outside <laughs> silver lining for Republicans. 
this gives Joe Biden the justification to stay atop his ticket. He can argue that he saved his party from a, a historic beating in the midterms, ones that history suggested he would his party would endure. And with his brilliant shuffling leadership across the country, is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. Well, something he can claim, and then Republicans conversely can look at these results and and take away from it that it's time to push Trump off the off the stage and, and usher a new leadership. And if a race could boil down to someone like Ron DeSantis running against someone like Joe Biden. That could put Republicans wow. in a position to yeah. take historic amounts of power. I think you've nailed it. The headline flip was yesterday. It was looking like Trump's going to announce he's going to be tough to beat, and the Republic and the Democrats are going to push out Biden. It might have flipped overnight. Biden's going to be the nominee. Trump's going to get pushed out. All right, two points. Number one, God gets a vote on whether Joe Biden's going to run again, as does his brain. There's no freaking way it happens. I'll bet you my house, Sarah. I tell you what, you put what What do you have of value? Anything? You got a nice ballpoint pen? You bet that pen against my house. I'll take that action. Joe Biden does not run again. Uh, secondly, it's if you will accept that premise, it is wide open. On the Democratic side, because Kamala Harris doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell. So uh, that's going to be a knife fight. Well, I I, I think that's definitely right. Um, it's hard to see, though, who the natural successor is. I mean, the thing that benefits Republicans is that they have a clear natural successor to Trump. Mm. And that's Ron DeSantis. And there's near unanimity about that in the Republican Party. I don't think if Trump doesn't run that that will be a particularly close Republican primary because he's so popular. Meanwhile, the Democrats would have a bloodbath on their hands if Joe Biden decides not to run because there are so many candidates, uh, weaker candidates in a more wide open field. So I think in either scenario, if Joe Biden runs again, obviously Ron DeSantis, it would be a favorite given the dynamics in the country right now, if the economy doesn't improve dramatically. Um, but if Joe Biden does not run, I think Ron DeSantis having all that time as the heir to the throne of the Republican nomination while Democrats kill each other to see who emerges successful. And a Democratic primary always involves tacking to the left. Um, he would have an advantage in that scenario as well. Boy, that excites me, and my new pen excites me. I'm going to write poems with that pen. I'm going to sign checks, write personal letters. I can't wait. I think people, too casually use the term bloodbath i mean that's a horrific notion (laughs) she means it metaphorically and it made me excited sarah westwood investigative reporter of the washington examiner sarah you are absolutely terrific it's great to talk thanks oh thanks for having me when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year 100,000 mile limited warranty you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.